every day on the big show. What? Gordon and Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for What's Going On. What's going on across the Zone Sports Network. Uh, we'll get to highlights from Hanson Scotty as well as DJ and PK. Uh, but real quick before we do, Gordon, uh, because this, of course, is what's going on in the show right now. I uh, tweeted out a, uh, a picture of a young Gordon Monson, and uh, we're getting suggestions on who would play a young Gordon Monson in a, in a movie of his life. Uh, I'm uh, a lot of different answers. Uh, Gordon, a lot of, uh, there's I'm a, afraid bet- to look at, was it, uh, is it, is it- <laughs> there's a, there's a Betty white answer, <laughs> Betty, which is, which is Betty a little, white. which is a little out there. Uh, Ooh. the, the blonde kid in the karate kid, you know, the oh, Johnny, Johnny, yeah. sweep the leg, Johnny, yeah, that, that, guy? that one, uh, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, your boy Dave Slamalockton uh, suggested uh, uh, slice slice Stallone for you. Slice Stallone. Yeah. Come on, I've never heard that one before. Grape Nut nineteen seventy says uh, Steve Buscemi. Oh, oh, that one hurts. Kevin uh, suggested right. Bronco Mendenhall. Hmm. Casey uh, Gore on Twitter suggested Ned Flanders. Who's Ned know. Flanders again? You you not familiar with the not the Heidi Ho neighbors? Yeah, hmm. I don't see that one. Even uh, even Chris Camerani uh, of the Athletic got into the act. Now remind me, I'm James, a young James Spader, and he found a picture, pretty much in the same suit with the same hairstyle <laughs> as Gordon is sporting in the the picture you sent out. Pretty amazing. It's actually. uncanny. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Because uh, Riley Jensen replied with a uh, young Robert Redford. Oh wow! And I could see that a little nice. bit, but then Chris came in with that picture, and it might right be, now Chris is wearing the green jacket. Is, is winning with the young James Spader. That's so. A couple of people have said a young Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill? You've even, I don't see that one. You've even got a couple of Brad Pitts in there. Uh, Brad Pitt? For you, Gordon. Feel good about Holy that. Well, I'll Gordon's back burner back. account. Yeah, Roxy that, suggests no, I don't Benny Hill. I don't even know Hill. Hill. Wow, we're all over the map here. We are. You know, I mean, I, I feel I feel complimented in some cases and, 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 and kind of... Insulted in others, but you know, I mean, it's whatever. It, it, interesting exercise. Keep it up at Jake Scott Zone. <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> Betty could play anything. Yeah, a talented actor, right should there. I, should I think of that as a compliment? Sure, why not? Betty White. Betty White is mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah. Well. Uh, I don't watch those silly Comedy Central roasts much any, anymore, but she was on a couple of those that I saw. That uh, uh, she was very funny. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, all right. So keep that going. Uh, let's that's keep kinda, that up. That's actually kind of funny. I uh, this is one of those self awareness things where you you come to realize certain things, and so people are helping me understand what the heck it is. You know, 
All right, let's get to what's going on here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's start with DJ and PK Gordon. They had Eric Rowe on this morning, the former Ute, reacting to the Morgan Scally news. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I saw the news. I mean, one, it was shocking uh, that, you know, once I read, like, the whole thing. But I know, it's you know, personally from media, I can't, you know, can't take it one side because, you know how the media is. Once you get like, you know, they'll, they'll just tell one side of the story. So, you know, I talked, uh, and then I, you know, Coach Scali, he had called me, you know, told me his side and, and you know, kind of how he was feeling. And and I, I think it's just, you know, right now, especially, you know, today's time, this, you know, it's really hypersensitive uh, with all the, you know, the debate and the protesting and, and you know, social injustice. But, you know, the thing, like, I, I don't agree, you know, with, you know, using the term. Uh, I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't, you know, condone that. Uh, not just, you know, from him, kind of like from really every race. I mean, you know, it's a racial slur. Wish it was out, out the, you know, the language book. But, you know, in reality, everybody uses it, you know, where, you know, where it should be or not. Like, and, but to have... To have, you know, he told me the story and how he, you know, flew right out to Texas and apologized like hell to the family and to the player, and, you know, to have them, that family, you know, kind of forgive him, you know, knowing the man he is, I mean, I mean, he's, he's one of the greatest, you know, men, you know, I, you know, have a relationship with, you know, his values, his work ethic, just the way he views life. And to have it all, you know, kind of tarnished by, you know, one, you know, mistake. I know he wish he can take it back. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't agree with it. You know, I mean, you know, the way Twitter's just hashing on him, and cause, I mean, because they don't know the context. But you know, even to have that player even come play for the school, you know, for his four years, and you know, you know, all that. I, I just feel like you know, and everybody has different experiences with him. I seen other, I seen the other, you know, other players' side. I seen their tweets. Uh, even though I don't agree with them, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean they're right. But you know, with the whole Scally thing, I think it's just, yeah, it's, it, it's sad though. It's just sad. Eric, you're from Texas. I mean, you speak of of Singleton, who's also from Texas, and and he did come and play here for four years, and then transferred on to Houston. Uh, he was on Twitter, and he basically uh, stood up for Morgan, and and you know we know Morgan. He's a local guy. We've been in the community for a long time, and we think he's a great guy too. It is troubling when you have ex players like uh, Mo Lee and uh, Ryan Lacey say what they say. You can only go through your experiences. Now, I don't remember when Lacey played, but I believe you were a teammate of Mo Lee's. Do you have any idea why they would say that as far as the validity of their claims? Uh, I mean, it's probably their you know experience with them. You know, I can't. I can't sit here and be like, you know, oh, they're just, you know, they're trying to lie on him or, you know, trying to hash him too. Like, honestly, I don't know. It's whatever they had, like their personal experience with Scali. I mean, mine was different. My experience was, you know, the guy that pushed me, you know, in school and in football and, you know, just to be a better man, like, you know, like I am today. 
So that I mean that's my experience with them. Maybe you know there's a difference. So and I can't really, I can't really you know judge on you know kind of what they said, but I mean they said what they said. That was Eric Rowe from this morning on DJ and PK. I I, uh, had a chance to hear that whole interview this morning, and it was all very, very good. I thought Andy Phillips, who was on with those guys this morning, was was also good with with his perspective. But uh, thoughts on what Eric had to say? Oh, well, uh, I think they speak for themselves, really. Mm -hmm. I, I... He he gave his point of view and said what his experience was. It, interesting that uh, that uh, that uh, he had uh, actually uh, talked with Morgan. You know, yeah. Uh, that Morgan reached out to him. Maybe Morgan is trying to express to uh, his former players uh, what the context was. What what uh, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know what he what his motivation was. But really, well, I mean, Morgan's reputation and his career is kind of on the line here. It is, and I would. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if if Morgan would be actively trying to to communicate with with uh, with his former players because the, I would guess that those relationships do matter to him a great deal. So I I, I mean I don't want to speak for people Gordon uh, and again this one's really hard because we know Morgan and we and we know Morgan well um so yeah I I would guess he's doing his best to to do the right thing I I would hope so or or determine what the right thing would be in his circumstance is he trying to do the right thing or is he trying to save himself uh, I don't know because this is one of those things that's the first thing I wrote in my column is that I have nothing but respect. I mean, what? How can you not like Morgan Scally based on our experiences with him? You know, I mean, he's. This is what was such a punch to the gut, if if this was really going on, and he admitted to it going on once. Well, it, and that's the thing. I I think, you know. I, I think it come you know admitting to it and and taking responsibility for it I think is a good thing I don't think it makes everything go away but he certainly could have taken a di- different approach you know deny 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 and and dance yeah. and he did yeah. not well, he did I mean, not do that and that no. that's not everything but it is something did did I understand Eric correctly there that he said that Morgan actually flew to the family, see the family to apologize that, in person? That is what he said, yeah. Something tells me he understood the gravity of what he had done right away. Mm-hmm. But also, and I it, mean, getting to your point uh, that, that you brought up in the, in the, in the 2 o'clock hour, you also, you know, how, mm, how many people would, would know about it if you went to those lengths to apologize for it? Does that make sense? Does it not make sense then that Kyle Whittingham would have been aware of what took place? Now I'm tap dancing, but yeah, that that did cross my mind. Well, if he if he flew there, and maybe he was on another recruiting trip, I don't know. But if he went out of his way to go visit with that family right away, um, I don't think you do that independent of others being aware of it. I think it's possible, but uh, how likely? I don't know. Is an apology appropriate in that case? I mean, is that? I mean, does that does that take care of it? Or if you're the head coach and you find out about it back in 2013, does it require you to take some action? 
I mean, what's Kyle Whittingham's responsibility here? Right. And, you know, it's complicated that it was so long ago, too, you know? That complicates matters further because there's a lot of water that goes under the bridge. Well, obviously nothing, well, nothing publicly was known about any kind of punitive action taken. Now, maybe something did. And I don't know what the responsibility is. If you work for a public university, um, uh, do you, if, if an assistant coach is punished in some way, does that have to become public? No. Does it have okay. to? Yeah. I, I don't know what the rules I are don't, as far as that goes. You know what? That's a great question. If if it's not, shouldn't it really be? Well, it's... But but you know the, the direction that college sports has taken, Gordon. Doors uh, of transparency have, have all closed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we get to watch, uh, you know, 45 seconds of practice these days. We get to talk to them... Uh, only when they allow us. I mean, there are a lot of, there's a lot of, and bad... don't ask about any casts you might see. Right. Don't ask. Great example. Don't. Uh, who was there? It was um, it was Zach, Zach Moss, Moss yeah. who yeah. I, I was covering that practice where I'm I'm standing there at practice. They come over to us and they say, okay, you can't talk about anything injury related that you may or may not see. And then they march Zach Moss up to us and we were staring at a cast. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it was Dana Green who, who asked about it, and good for Dana, because what are we supposed to, what, you know, what are That's we supposed ridiculous. to do? What a, what, what a stupid rule. What, <laughs> Not what, to cast doubts on your chances of playing this week, Zach, but. But the point being is transparency is not their long suit. And, and, and by the way, I, I don't want to just be picking on Utah. This has been true uh, 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 all over. It's been it's been true across sports. I wouldn't even just uh, just say with with college sports, but I mean, you know, maybe transparency is a value that we should absolutely look into. Like if a coach is punished, then that's something that that's information that we have access to. Mm-hmm. So uh, getting back to the original question, if Kyle Whittingham knew about this in 2013 and there was no action taken, should there be a repercussion for that? Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I I don't think it is tough, frankly, guys. I don't think it is a tough one. What's it's it's tough in the sense that we know these fellas and we like these fellas and we think they're good coaches and good people, but you cannot allow this to happen. Yeah. You cannot there is not an option to say, "Well, you all get one strike on this and that we just forgive you." You just can't do it. But if I it mean, was if it was the racial uh, the the racist slur that we understand it to be, yes. and it was used in 2013, that the awareness of that word was every bit what it was then as it is now. There yes. is no excuse for using that word. And I know people are talking about context and whatnot. Uh-uh, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. No, there's no excuse. I, I, I agree. But talking about Kyle Whittingham, I mean – you know, so he let's let's say he dispensed he knew about it, but dispensed justice in whatever way, shape or form that that took place. And it it uh, satisfied his standard in this particular circumstance. You mean when it took place, when it took yeah. place. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it, I'm just saying it's more complicated. Don't get don't get me wrong. I mean, we don't know if Whit knew about it and said, bah, I don't care. 
We don't know if he knew about it and did something. I mean, we, we have no idea. And then we're going to, and I'm, I'm saying this, that we are going to do this. We are going to judge Kyle Whittingham's judgment at the time with the benefit of X amount of years in hindsight. I mean, it's, it's, it's complex, I see. So I, I'm not, when I'm you not say defending it's, anything, but when it, you it's, say it's hard, you it's mean complex. it's not just uh, we have all the facts in front of us here, and we still need to know when did he no, find out and no, what he did. Uh, maybe, maybe from our standpoint. But if you're Kyle Whittingham and you found out about this in 2013, you've got to act. You've got to act, and that's why I asked the question whether, it, 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 for a reasonable person, would it be enough to have him fly down there? If what Eric Rowe said is correct and personally apologize to that family is if you're the head coach, is that enough? And one of the reasons I bring that up is because people of color in this country have been apologized to time and time again. Correct. I agree. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I just don't know whether that's enough. I, no, but I, on, the, I, on, the other, on the other hand, what are you going to do? What, what should the penalty be at that point? What should the head coach do if he does know? And these are I mean, all because, valuable because, questions that need to be answered, Gordon. I'm just saying it's more complex than simply we draw a line in the sand. And maybe ultimately the conclusion is you knew about it, you should have done more, and so we're going to hold you accountable for that decision, in which case he will you know, be held accountable. I'm just pointing out the complexity of the situation. As of right it, now, it we don't know. not simple. As well, of right now, we don't know when or if Kyle Whittingham knew about this no. or before you, you last week. you've got to do said, something. Said, we don't know what he did. Uh-huh. If he, he did said anything. he was shocked. Right, he did say out. that. He did say uh, that. In his statement. But, it, but something, should, <laughs> something should have happened. He didn't and say it, when he was shocked. Yeah, that's true. But if this, if this goes on inside a program, and a head coach doesn't do anything about it, then now, now the entire program is under some level of condemnation. Correct. Yep. And you're seeing this at, uh, at Iowa, too, by the way. I don't know if you followed that story over the weekend. But, you know, uh, accountability, I think, is going to be a theme of this entire situation. Accountability and justice. And, and it's, it's going to be an interesting process to see how we get there. I hope, well, I hope is- both are served. I do. This is one of the reasons this independent review that is taking place is so important. Because whoever it is has to be thorough in finding out who knew what when. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Chris Camerani was on with Hanson Scotty earlier today, and uh, we did want to play this for what's going on. Let's get into it coming up next when we have some time to uh, digest uh, his thoughts on his reporting on his piece in The Athletic. We'll get to that right around the corner. Joining us now in studio, hanging out with us today, our friend Tim Brown from RGS Exteriors. And uh, you guys have been helping out Utahns for a long, long time and doing it uh, the best for a long, long time. So let's talk about your relationship with James Hardy, what that is, and why that's kind of a, a badge of honor that you guys wear. Uh, you bet. Uh, we, we're the uh, uh, elite preferred contractor, which really just means we – are the only one in Utah that's ever reached that standard. And uh, James Hardy's just determined that we're the, the number one uh, installer in Utah. So because of that, we have a great relationship with them. Um, they actually have a brand new product that they're just kind of doing some research and development that that I was able to spend some time with them this week on. So we're really grateful for that relationship. And James Hardy's really becoming the go-to siding brand in Utah. Um, they've got the traditional standard lap siding, like what you're used to seeing, but 
They've got a lot of new modern looks, the squares, the big panels. So anything you can think of on the outside, James Hardy's really coming up with, and it really is the number one uh, siding in Utah. So this is just an example of how you guys use the best materials and you're going to do it the right way and have been doing it the right way for a long time. Absolutely. And we're really grateful for that relationship with Hardy that we do that. And, you know, even on like if a customer wants vinyl siding, you know, we, we partnered up with Quest is, is about the premier uh, best siding in Utah as well. And so, you know, we, we can do anything on the outside of your home, but as long as you take care of the client and the customer, um, that's our goal. So whatever we got to do. This is just a curiosity question, but what is the, uh, in Utah, right now what's the number one uh, go-to for an exterior is it stucco is it siding brick what is it well on the i would say that uh it's still probably stucco just because it's the cheapest okay um but more of the people that are remodeling their home are doing more of the james hardy because it's more of the trendy and it looks it looks better the great thing about hardy is you don't have to paint it for 25 years it, it lasts so long and so anything you can do to be maintenance free is, is always a good thing gordon i don't want to speak for you but uh i i don't like painting so I, that that would appeal to me. It sucks, <laughs> Gordon. You, I know you enjoy getting out there and painting, but well, I did uh, in my high school years. I did uh, make uh, make a living uh, by painting. You houses, you have so. claimed that that is true. Uh, <laughs> all right, call the gang at RGS eight zero one two eight zero three one one zero. Find out what they can do for you eight zero one two eight zero. 3110, whether it's where we're talking about the uh, basically anything on the exterior and from the gutters all the way to uh, to uh, the uh, stucco exterior itself or or siding. I don't know. Uh, you do it all. We do it all. Anything all right. on the outside. Let's get them handled. Call it 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Keep the suggestions coming in. I tweeted out a uh, picture of a young, dapper Gordon Monson. And uh, we're talking about who would play the young Gordon Monson in a movie about uh, Gordon's life. Uh, Dan suggested, uh, Dan Austin suggested Jackie Chan. <laughs> Jackie? Jackie? Uh, oh. you, you look like you could do a little kung fu back in your youth, Gordon. Were you uh, were you fluent in the martial arts? No, I was not. Shocking. No. That's like the first thing ever you've not claimed to be an expert in. No, I that that is one discipline I did not pursue. I see. Okay. Well, keep. But I co- did box. You know. Uh, uh, Johnny Lightfoot's in with uh, Nicholas Cage from Con Air. Hmm. Now, uh, my wife weighed in on Twitter. Gordon, she suggested Harry Styles or Rory Smith. Who is Harry Styles? Uh, he's an actor. Okay. He was in One Direction. So Wasn't I, he? Uh, I don't know. A uh, lot of lot of Nick lot of Nick Cage out there. We got some Gary Busey out there. Who's Ro- who was Rory? What? What was that? Your Let's, wife said Rory somebody. Rory Smith. Who's that? Who's that? I don't know. Let's let's click on the link here. <laughs> Chief soccer correspondent for the New York Times. <laughs> what? That can't be. She must have tagged. That's, that's she a... must have tagged the wrong person. 
And now this soccer guy is like, what the heck? What is going on here? Let's see. <laughs> That's great. What is it, Rory Smith? Is that what I said? Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, journal, uh, let's see here, uh, is a journalist, broadcaster, and author. Chief soccer correspondent Man. for the New York Times. There is a that's, Rory that's from, Smith. That's from, that's from Naz? She's, yeah. Uh, she, she's well-read, man. Let's, she's, let's try IMDb. Let's There's see. a Rory, Rory Smith on IMDb, but he's known for one movie called Humbug, and he plays the <laughs> dancing horse child. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What about Rory Benjamin Smith, who was in The Equalizer 2? Ah, I don't know it'd be an easy way to figure that out. All you gotta do is uh, text your wife and say, Who? Who's that? I just have to just have to ask her. Yeah. Uh Jack Nicholas suggests seven. Jack Nicholas? Man, I wish I could play golf like him. So keep them coming. Uh at Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Mount Monson, at Austin Horton. Uh I, lo- I love I love Emily Farr, by the way. I just went on this to see what you're talking about. She said Robert Redford. I love you, Emily. Thank you for that. Yeah, Riley Jensen also suggested Robert Redford. Uh, well, uh, Riley, I mean, I, I, my respect for him has always been great. Okay, so, so uh, my wife is clearing it up. She says, Rory McElroy, not Smith. She oh. must have gotten autocorrected there. Rory McElroy, huh, okay. She put some thought into it, though. I like it. Yeah, thank I like you, it. Naz. Uh, I all think. right, keep it coming. Uh, and Gordon, we need to we need to help you with how Twitter works because Emily Farr just liked Riley Jensen's tweet suggesting oh, Robert Redford. Okay, so. all right. I just I just went there because you guys were talking about it, and I went there and I saw Emily, and it says Emily and uh, two others like they liked the tweet. Okay, yeah. All right, all right. Well, she liked it. That must mean she she's, did. She did. She's she's you know in agreement, right? I does a does a like uh, does a like mean agreement, or does a like just mean ha ha? That's hilariously funny. Give me a break. Well, in this case, you believe what you want, buddy. That's all right. <laughs> Whatever makes you feel good. Okay, all right. A like is also an endorsement. Is that well, what by, we're wondering? By the way, here? fellas, but I want you to know that we're not limiting this to me today. Tomorrow it's you, Jake, and the next day it's Austin. <laughs> not a chance. Yes. No. Yes. Hey, well, you don't, don't lay me out there for this kind of thing, and then uh, you are going to bail on it. I already know who it is for you. It's Owen Wilson. Oh, well, see, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I really but, like But Owen see, Wilson. now you're negotiating terms after the fact. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Well, how about that? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, today's experiment is, is going quite well. However, uh, all right, Gordon, I want to play these comments from Chris Camrani. He's got a, a write up in The Athletic. Uh, its headline is Good Heart Doesn't Know Any Better. Former youths speak about Morgan Scally. And uh, Chris, this whole interview is really good. It's up at 1280, uh, 1280thezone.com, but we thought we'd play a snippet for you and react to it. Austin, go ahead. I'm not making this about me, but these last couple of weeks have given me a lot of reason for introspection and some existential views on how I go about my job and how I deal with people. Um, but to, to your point about, you know, Damo's comment and, and everybody's comments, frankly, frankly, I mean, everybody said that they never heard Morgan use blatant racially charged language. They didn't. But as we know, some people 
who are of color or who look different might feel differently because of the way they look and they might feel that they're treated differently because of the way they look and some of the guys that i talked to this weekend said they felt that for morgan over the years and other guys didn't so it's a uh it's an interesting uh position that we're all in because it is about um you know just from a surface level standpoint it seems about 50 50 down the line with with guys that you know were shocked and stunned that this came out but there were some other people that weren't so um i are like i said before our job is to do our best to tell both sides of this fairly and accurately and um we will see what happens with the University of Utah when their investigation is finalized. I don't know when that's going to be, but that's going to be a crucial part of this whole thing. If there was an underlying vibe to the players you talked to, what what would that have been? <sighs> that's a good one, Scotty. I mean, I, it, it came across that for me, the, the, the takeaway that I felt from, from those who felt like they did not get the, the proper respect and um, care for Morgan over the years, was that he just didn't know any better. And I'm using their words, not mine. Yeah. Is that, that he, they felt like he uh, felt like you had to act a certain way or be a certain way um, in order to relate to people. Um, and as you know, everybody is different. I'm not going to put any type of people, of race, of gender, of sexual orientation into one corner and say, you're all the same. You're all going to react the same because we can't do that. That's how we got to this point. And we have to realize that just because uh, a mode of, of communication works for some people, it, do, it doesn't work for everybody. And um, I think that, for me, was kind of the overarching takeaway from, from folks that I talked to this weekend. But again, um, outside of former Utah cornerback Ryan Lacey going on Twitter and saying outright that Morgan used a racial slur against him, I wasn't able to, to get a hold of Ryan, unfortunately, but everybody else that I talked to, even those that said they had poor experiences with Morgan, said they never heard him say any pure racially charged words. So it's a, it's a tricky ground I'm walking on that we're all walking on, uh, but that would be my answer, Scotty, would be that um, people just felt like he was kind of set in his ways in terms of how he uh, communicated with, with some people. That was Chris Camrani uh, from earlier on Hanson Scotty talking about his piece in The Athletic. I would certainly encourage uh, those uh, people out there to read it. I thought it was very well done and included uh, many different perspectives, and you heard him talk about that a little bit. Well, Chris is a very thoughtful guy and uh, interesting to hear him, one of the things that I take away from what he said is everybody should be listening and learning mm -hmm. from these experiences. And I, you know, if, if Morgan, if Morgan used that kind of language, then, then, okay, then I don't have a problem with people coming forth with it. If he didn't, other than the one thing that's documented that he, that he apologized for, man, it wouldn't, wouldn't it suck to be falsely accused? Oh yeah, absolutely. It would. It would always suck to be falsely accused. On the other hand, if somebody heard it and and they're being honest about what they heard, uh, I assume, I hope that if it was spoken, then hopefully it's being accurately portrayed. Because sometimes I've said things to Austin before, and Austin didn't realize what I said. Right, Austin? That's happened. I'm sure I've done that with you guys at times. 
you say something, I misunderstand what you said, or I mishear what you said. But I, I, you know, I mean, I'm not. It's it's who am I to come in and say that that uh, Ryan Lacey is misremembering or misheard what what he heard. If that's what he heard, that's what he heard. But this is this is like you use the word complicated, Jake, and I get it. I get what you're saying. I I'm trying to go pour through uh, through Chris's piece here to to give credit to somebody who who brought it up. But there was a there was kind of an anecdote told about how Morgan would come up to a group of players and say, um, "How are my dogs doing?" Or yeah, something, like something that. along those lines. Uh-huh. That where where I think some people can look at that and say, "Oh, well, that's just benign or." Uh, you know, a poor attempt at, at identifying. But the point is, is that it made those players uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And if they, uh, you know, express like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't appreciate that. Emoli and Conroy Black both said it. Thank you, Austin. Like that's, you know, it needs to be listened to and understood. So if someone is trying to, if someone who is not of of uh, color comes in and says something where he's trying to connect with with those individuals he can actually make it worse right right because you think you're being you think you're being uh disarming you think you're being like hey guys what's going on you know like hey i'm I'm a friend. I'm one of yours. You're trying to almost cultivate a relationship, but it, it, it's done in an insensitive way. You know, you have to have empathy for who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And certainly when concerns are expressed, they need to be listened to because it's the, that's not a hard behavior to change per se. Right. You know, if we if we listen and someone says, hey, that makes me uncomfortable. I think all of us, if faced with that circumstance, would not want would would not want to make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you guys come to me tomorrow and say, "What's up, booger face?" and I don't say anything to you, and 2 years from now I come to you and say, "Why have you been calling me that? That's bothered me this whole time and you thought I liked it or was fine with it." Right. Something is on me if I don't like something to say, "Hey, just I don't please don't. You I don't want you to say that. I don't want you to act in that way." But the racial slur that's been uh, uh, alleged in the text, that's not coming up to a group of people and saying, "Where? How are my dogs?" It's not. No, no, no. It's not different. Different scenario. Mm-hmm. Different uh, or different situation entirely. With the with what Ryan Lacey has put out on Twitter, where he he did say, and you heard Chris talk about this, that Morgan did use that word with him, that he was silent for several years, and part of what he was saying on Twitter was when he kind of, I don't want to say mustered up the courage, but in a way, you know. Uh, decided to say something that it it was acknowledged, kind of, but basically dismissed. And, and Booby said people wanted to say things and didn't because they didn't want to lose playing time or right. feared what they might lose playing time Correct. or whatever. So, I mean... Man, I'll tell you, this is underscoring the importance of a coach learning how to communicate with all his players. Oh, here, here, communication, 100%. And if if if, if a coach is doing something... That is offensive to players. Then, then he better he needs to get that figured out. And although in the case that uh, that uh, Morgan has apologized for, I mean that's that's right there to read. Apparently, 
and that and that's why he apologized for or at least I don't know why he apologized but he apologized and uh, in that apology was a, a confession that yes I I did use that term so that 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 one is right there for those who are reviewing the case to see so if there are second second and third cases or whatever if there are additional ones, then that's that's to be taken just as seriously, if not more seriously, and will add to whatever conclusion I think is reached by those who are judging the case. Who is judging the case? Is it Mark Harlan? Oh, this is going to go higher than him. Because well, Mark's go... the one that said he suspended him. Well, right, because Mark's basically his direct boss. I mean, I guess you could argue Witt is his direct boss, but Mark oversees the athletic department. So he's the department head. So that seems appropriate where the suspension would come from. But if you think he's the ultimate voice in this decision, I bet it goes higher than this. It's going to go right to the president of the university because, you know, her job and how she handled this is going to be on the line too. Okay, so let me ask you a very difficult question. At least it is in some people's mind. In other people's mind, just absolute slam dunk. It gets back to what we talked about in the first segment. If he did use that term one time, one time, is that fireable? Well, it certainly is. I mean, it, it depends on what lens you look through it, how you come to that conclusion. But is is it, would it be... Cause to fire a coach, yes. For the reason that, uh, for all kinds of reasons. But you brought up a really good point, Jake, and others have talked about this as well. This is a leader, a representative of your program. Can your players, can your athletes respect that? Can they follow somebody who has said that moving Mm -hmm. forward? And what does it say about your program if it was said or was written or what the text message if there isn't a substantial consequence for it? Mm-hmm. What does that say about the way your program does business? And what does it say about what your program is willing to overlook? These are questions that they better answer correctly because there is there are consequences, of course. And then there are those who say everybody makes a mistake now and again. Every nobody's perfect. Uh, he 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 said that he lived and learned from it. And uh, is that good enough? Is an apology good enough? Gets back to what I said earlier. People of color have been hearing apologies and excuses uh, for a long, long time now. And a lot of them, a lot of folks. I'm not a I'm not a person of color. Um, but I, I, I imagine that some of them are pretty fed up with hearing the apology after the fact. All right, coming up next, we'll get to a Mountain America market update. Chris Mannix will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Kenneth Scott will join us at 4.30. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris Mannix joins us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, but right now it's time for another Mountain America market update. Uh, joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he is Stuart Campbell with us here on The Big Show. Stuart, how are you? Doing fine. Thank you for having me. It's my first time on the show. Hey, our pleasure. Uh, get us up to date. What's going on out there in the world of, uh, uh, of the markets? Thanks. Uh, yeah, today the Dow is up 1.7%, ending the day at 27,572. And the S&P 500 is up 1.2%, ending the day up 32,32. You know, I'm the kind of person, um, I focus on the percentage change, not the actual points. Those aren't that important to me. Um, I like to gauge marginal improvement, so um, that's why I like to look at the percentages there. Um, so it was an up day. Um, the market is really continuing. Um, it's uh, March higher for Friday from Friday's uh, unexpectedly strong jobs report. Um, as you probably heard in uh, the news last week, uh, we added 2.5 million jobs in May, um, which was really good. That means businesses uh, were bringing back workers earlier than thought. So that's that's good news for, as we um, look at uh, reopening the economy. Um, interesting note with the, the jobs report as well, 75% of those workers are classified um, as temporary layoffs, uh, which means that they'll be back. Um, and again, that's another positive sign in our employment situation versus what it was in 2008. Stuart, any tips moving forward then? Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, my, not necessarily related to, to jobs. Certainly, uh, I think as far as jobs, just get as much education, much skill as you can. Um, the, those, those two things always keep you employed. Um, but my other tip that's not necessarily related uh, is just regarding uh, taxes. So many of you, many of us have filed our taxes for last year, 2019. Um, if you checked the box that said that you want to apply your 2019 tax return to next year's taxes for 2020. And just given the way the pandemic rolled out and, and you know, lots of people weren't anticipating getting laid off, um, uh, you can actually go and get access to those funds now if you want to. Um, all you have to do is you have to mail your new forms uh, to the IRS by July 15th. And all you do is you take your original 1040 and at the top you just write superseding return um, and that will tell them uh, to redirect your um, your return from this year that you wanted to apply it to next year, and they'll send it back to you. Uh, I'll say that with a big caveat: I'm not a CPA. I, I don't give. I'm not licensed to give tax advice. So, if one of your listeners wants tax advice, they need to reach out to a CPA. Well, Stuart, we appreciate you jumping on with us, my man. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's our friend Stuart from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. Gordon, coming up right around the corner, the wheels are grinding in motion in the NBA, as we've talked a lot about. And uh, we're going to get Chris Mannix on to get his thoughts about uh, what we're going to see coming up at the end of July. Yeah, always a pleasure. 
No doubt about it. That's our NBA Daily Assist coming up right around the corner. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Joining us now in studio, hanging out with us all show long, our friend Tim from RGS Exteriors. And uh, Tim, what should we hit in this one? We've kind of been focusing as we've gone along because, frankly, you guys do a lot. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. What are we talking about, right? Gutters, siding, stucco, stone. I, the one thing I was thinking about that, that we haven't hit today is two things. Um, one, if a lot of times homeowners don't know what they want on their home. How's this going to look? They kind of have an idea. They want to update it, but they don't know. Well, our, we can have our estimators come up and take a picture of their home, put in our computer program, and they can put the siding, the stucco, the stone, different colors, and really kind of do a, a virtual preview so they can kind of see what their home's going to look like. So it's an opportunity for homeowners to be able to get uh, some good ideas before they pull the trigger because it's hard. I mean, how do you know really what you want? So that's one really good thing um, that we offer. And then the other thing, too, we haven't talked about financing. Um, with COVID and, and all these things that have been going on, the, the banks have been really, really good. So there's some really, really good financing options. Um, we literally can do a job today, and a customer doesn't have to pay a penny for 12 months, and it doesn't cost them a cent. Wow. So, some that's good great. Oper- yeah, so some good things, some good financing and, and good options. So if people have been kind of kicking the can down the road, as we often do, now is a really good chance to do it. It, it really is. Um, the financing's the best. The, the suppliers have been really good to us and helping us out to, to be really competitive in pricing and be the, the best pricing we can possibly have. And so, yeah, really, now is just as good a time as any and get in line and, and get things going. All right, let's do it. 801-280-3110 is the number to call. 801 280 3110. That's RGS Exteriors. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have Chris Mannix joining us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.